This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, December 16th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Today, Jonathan Swan with the year in review edition of our Friday Politics State of Play. Plus, what's ahead in 2023? That's our one big thing. At Axios, we talk a lot about the big picture and what's next in our coverage. Well, over the next few shows, we're going to do just that as we wrap up 2022 in the news across a few areas, from tech to health and beyond, and then look ahead for what to watch in the new year. And what better way to start than by getting the big picture in politics from our own Axios political reporter, Jonathan Swan, plus his thoughts on what's next in 2023. Hey, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Jonathan, I was thinking actually about how this year started and how it's ended for Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. And I'm curious how you think history will view 2022 for the Biden administration. Well, I would go back even a little bit further. And we saw in the summer of 2021, Biden's approval basically collapsing after the Afghanistan withdrawal. And from that moment until around the summertime of this year, many people were effectively writing his political obituary. And there was sort of a torrent of stories that were written with at least the tacit assumption that there was a good chance he wouldn't run for re-election, that his presidency was effectively over, that there was going to be next year a Republican House with a big majority and probably a Republican Senate that while he had accomplished some major things legislatively, there was no chance of anything further, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that story started to shift a little bit in the summer of this year when, after the Dobbs decision, Democrats started to pick up in the polls. And then one thing I've heard from Republican operatives is once Donald Trump really started to reemerge as this major story, the Mar-a-Lago raid happened. And suddenly he is just at the center of the news cycle again. They say that was devastating for their perception in the electorate, that the more they're associated with Donald Trump, the more the Republican Party is branded as the Trump Party. Their outtake from the midterms was that the Republican Party has a severe brand problem. There's something about the Republican Party that despite all of those things, which they've told people in the exit polls, the same person who said, don't like Biden, worried about inflation, worried about crime, yet still voted for the Democrat. What do you conclude from that? And, and what a number of Republican operatives have concluded from that is that for some of these suburban voters in particular, the aura of Donald Trump is still too overpowering And the association with January 6th and many of these people who are saying that they basically won't accept the results of the election unless they win, that some of those factors that a lot of strategists, smart strategists earlier in the year thought voters didn't really care about, turns out actually some of them seem to have cared about. It couldn't be further from where Democrats 
writ large, were thinking this year would end. With that in mind, then, as this postmortem is happening now, what are you looking for in 2023 when it comes first to the GOP, not to Trump, the GOP? Here's the thing. Yes, the Republican majority in the House is going to be the big story for the first half of next year in the sense of, you know, they're going to be super aggressive. Does Kevin McCarthy make it to be speaker? If he does make it, can he survive? Is he completely controlled by the far right? How far do they push these investigations? Okay, fine. Oversight, whatever. But the truth of the matter is that parties are defined every four years by their standard bearer. The person who becomes the nominee and that debate around who becomes the nominee is so powerful in shaping the electorate's perception of political parties. The reason why Republican voters went from being hostile to Russia to pretty favorable towards Russia, from being pro-free trade to being fairly protectionist, is because of Donald Trump is because he had this megaphone and had the power in that position. It is a tremendously powerful position to shape the electorate and mold the electorate. So we're about to see the quadrennial molding of the electorate. And what we are seeing right now is actually quite a lot of anti-Trump energy, but it's not being expressed by Republican voters as hostility to Trump. It's being expressed in the form of telling opinion pollsters that they support Ron DeSantis. So Ron DeSantis has become the proxy for opposition to Trump. And we're seeing empirical, meaningful coalescing around DeSantis. So some of the questions I'll be asking is, what happens if DeSantis starts to falter? What happens if he may not run? What happens if He runs and then collapses. What happens to that anti-Trump movement? Because there's a lot of Republican operatives who see this cycle as existential, as if Donald Trump becomes the nominee, the party may be, in their minds, irreparably changed in a way that they may not be ever getting back these voters. So that battle for the Republican Party is going to be at the center of what I'm watching over the next year. We'll be back in a moment with more from Jonathan Swan. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. Political reporter Jonathan Swan is still with us looking at the most important political themes of the year and how they'll inform 2023. Jonathan, we've been talking about the changing identity of the Republican Party, and I'm wondering how much do you think the electorate shapes the party versus the other way around? I think that the electorate is shaped more by the candidate, the the successful candidate, than the other way around. I do think that for someone to emerge, there have to be the conditions to exist. You could have a voter who hates Washington, hates the establishment, thinks they're all corrupt, but has these views that actually are completely changed and influenced by the person who emerges as their spokesman. 
Trump emerges as their big middle finger to Washington, but that voter may have had a fairly traditional Republican view about Russia. They may have thought the Soviet Union was evil. And then maybe now, after six years of watching Trump say, no, these guys are actually, they're not so bad. Why are we bothering helping Ukraine? And how do you wonder how you think this works then on the left and for Democrats? Well, 12 months ago, you would not have expected Biden to be, the Times reported the other day, clinking glasses with Mr. Macron, toasting his anticipated run for re-election. He's clearly feeling confident and ebullient almost. And there does seem to be much more of a widespread acceptance in the Democratic Party that he may well run for re-election. And he's the sitting president. He's also reshaped the primary map. He's put South Carolina first. It's a state which basically handed him the nomination where he's very popular, where he has a really strong hold on the substantial African-American electorate. You know, he if he chooses to run, he's gone a long way towards foreclosing any opposition. How do you think journalists should approach this coming political year? I'm a political reporter who's going to be covering the campaign as of next summer. I'll be looking at, hopefully, some of the really big storylines that I can follow and burrow into. And one of them is this battle for the future of the Republican Party and the identity of the Republican Party. Many in the Republican establishment have concluded that an organized anti-Trump effort only helps Donald Trump. And so that's why you're not seeing people like Mitch McConnell come out and condemn him because that only helps Trump. So there's going to be a lot of quiet money coming in against him. I mean, I think those of us who've covered Donald Trump, for me, I guess it's seven years now, we've learned a lot of lessons over that time. He's not going to be covered the way he was covered in 2015 and 2016, where mostly, I'd say, on television, he was basically given uncritical, unfiltered airtime. That, that's gone. Even Fox is not really airing that much unfiltered Trump. I mean, the Fox institutionally, the Murdochs anyway, are, are dead against Trump. In the 2020 cycle, there was a lot of aggressive reporting and, and you know, continues to this day and will continue. So for me, it's the same mission. It's find out the truth, verify it, and then report it. And wherever the chips fall, wherever the chips fall, and be open to the idea that I'm wrong or that I'm missing something, a big part of the picture. And even when you're dealing with someone who frequently says things that are completely false, still upholding your standards of reaching out to them, being fair, giving visibility, getting comment. The basic mechanics of reporting shouldn't change when you're dealing with Donald Trump. You still need to adhere to that um, and you, as much for yourself as for anything else. Axios is Jonathan Swan, and I should let our listeners know, we're, I'm sorry to say this is the last time I get to say Axios is Jonathan Swan, because he is going to the New York Times next year, and that's where he's going to be covering those things. But we hope you'll still come back to Axios today. I always love Axios. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is produced by Fonda Mwangi, Robin Lin, Lydia McMullen-Laird, and Amy Padula. Our sound engineers are Ben O'Brien and Alex Sugiara. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer. 
Sarah K. Helani-Gu is Axios's editor-in-chief. And special thanks, as always, to Axios co-founder, Mike Allen. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday. On his podcast, No Mercy, that's K-N-O-W Mercy, join Stephen A. Smith for his unfiltered opinions on topics like Kanye West and Jerry Jones, as well as conversations with celebrities like Snoop Dogg and thought leaders like Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL. Listen to No Mercy, a presentation of Cadence 13, everywhere you get your podcasts.